Welcome to Playing With Perspective, the suspended animation podcast, where we hear real stories from real people and we tackle all sorts of fun topics in the areas of business, marketing, entrepreneurship, mindset, the arts, and well, life itself. It's amazing what you'll pick up. Thanks for joining us. Everybody, Darren Saw here, your host of Playing with Perspective, the suspended animation podcast. I've got another fantastic show. It's episode 190, and I've got the lovely Avery Thatcher here, all the way from Canada. How are you doing, Avery? Oh, I'm doing really well, Darren. Thank you so much for having me. Ah, uh, thank you so much for joining us. I'm really looking forward to talking to you. Now, for everybody out there, we've got a great topic. And something that's very, very um, prominent and very, very top of mind for everybody these days in business and in life. And it's called the four keys of unlocking productivity. Avery is the CEO and founder of the Inner Stillness Outer Chaos podcast and the Flow State membership. When she started her career as a registered nurse working in the ICU, she noticed that the majority of the reasons for people finding themselves in the ICU were because of illness and disease that could be linked to chronic stress. She decided to get out of the reactive side of medicine and now helps highly sensitive high achievers prevent burnout and reverse the negative effects of stress. So what a fantastic topic to get into, particularly as the world gets crazier and crazier every day. Absolutely. I feel like it's more stressful now than it was even just a couple of years ago. Oh, I, I, I agree with you. Like it just seems to be every month, every year just gets busier and busier and busier. We're doing more and more and more with the same amount of time. And there's more technology, there's more things, more steps to do, to do you know, to achieve anything. So, you know, I think this is such a relevant um, conversation, but I'd love to kind of get a bit more of an insight into your background and how you came to do what you do. Yeah, so it really started when I was working in the ICU as a nurse. I noticed all of those things like you already mentioned, but then also, especially on quieter night shifts, it was like there was this invisible neon I'm open sign and people would just come to my desk <laughs> to get thoughts and feedback and to have ideas bounced off of somebody. And it just really helped me realize that I have this kind of approachability that I really need to figure out how to hone and how to use. Yeah. And so that started a, a long journey of training because I'm a super nerd, Darren. I will read <laughs> anything and everything. Yeah. So then I started realizing where my real passion was, and that was to help people really become their authentic self and show up how they are. And often a lot of the pressures that we put on ourselves to do more and to equate our worth with what we can check off on a to-do list in a day. Yeah. Once we can learn how to really reprogram that, that just creates such a beautiful change. And so that's really where I've decided to focus on. Yeah, I love that. I love it. And I'm not surprised that everybody came to talk to you and you had that invisible sign because you have a certain very relaxed, calm demeanor that kind of says, yep, I'm here for you. I'm empathetic. I'm a good listener. Have you always been that way? Yes. Yeah. That's always been that way. So I cannot take public transit without learning somebody's life story. I can have the biggest headphones on my nose oh in a book and they're God. still just like sit next to me and start talking. And so I just, at the beginning, I was incredibly shy and I was just like, Oh, why is this happening? And then I've just really leaned into it and embraced it. And yeah, it's just, 
part of who I am. I give a lot of calmness on the outside, but depending on the situation, it can be like chickens running around in my head all like, but in general, I know how to be very calm. I'm the same. I'm the same. (laughs) My mind's always going hundred miles an hour, but I try to stay calm on the external. Yes, exactly. Love it. But Avery, let's chat a bit more about, um, you know, this phenomenon and, you know, this trend. Do you think that people are more prone to burnout these days than ever before? Why do you think that is? I'd love to get your insight into that. Absolutely. So I think what you alluded to before is definitely playing a role in it. Technology is connecting us even more than before. And so that means that we can do more from our phones and at any time in the day and from anywhere that we're at. And so it's this whole new skill that we've never had to learn before on how to disconnect. And so that's something that is really important for all of us to learn, especially if we're really those high achieving personalities that want to make a big difference in our corner of the world. And then I think after COVID and the lockdowns and everybody kind of going back to the way things were before, people have this pressure to make up for lost time. So I think there's a lot more pressure on people now to achieve more in a shorter amount of time. Also, there was this huge spike in productivity for a lot of companies because people were allowed to work from home. And so now that they're maybe moving into a hybrid model or whatever, they're just like, oh, I can get so much more out of you without paying you anymore. So now there's this even uh, more vicious cycle And that's actually one thing that's really interesting about burnout. It's not actually a cycle, it's a wave. So with a cycle and your burnout, you would start up like, you know, functioning and and doing well. And then you would start to get overwhelmed and kind of exhausted. And then you'd kind of come down into a space where you're burnt out, can't do anything else. You sleep enough to recover. And then you're kind of back up to where you were before. That's kind of what people think burnout sort of looks like, but it actually goes up and then down. And then you come back up, but you never go as high as you were before. And you kind of work your way down in a wave form. So every time you recover, you're still not back to your baseline. So if we don't address the habits that are leading to that burnout then we just keep going down further and further and i kind of i found that recently myself like i've been really busy the last few years and over the last six months i've taken a couple of small trips and it's really allowed me to reset and get back to my baseline in a way whereas if i didn't Mm -hmm. i was just always i was never reaching that point and i was always just getting more and more tired and less less motivated to do everything that i wanted to do Mm-hmm, um, so I'm absolutely. assuming that's one of your tips, probably take a bit of a break and reset. A little bit, but if all we're doing is taking periodic breaks and resetting, and we still have the same habits that are leading to all of that stress and burnout and overwhelm, then it's like we're in a boat full of holes and we're trying to bail ourselves out. So we're still going to sink. We're just going to sink slower right. because we keep resting and everything, but we really need to work on how to plug those holes in the first place. Yeah, so we got to build a, a, a habit system and a way of life that prevents burnout. Absolutely. And as high achievers, it's really scary to think about what that would look like, because I'm going to tell you, it means you have to stop doing some things. And right away, that'll be like, nope, I can't. There's no way I could, because how is everything going to get done? And that's where it really just ties into that first part of the productivity puzzle, which is clarity and alignment. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, let's let's kind of jump in there, because... Um, I'd love to hear more about, you know, your four keys to unlocking productivity and, you know, inhibiting or preventing burnout. So let's jump in and maybe you can elaborate on those for us. 
Yeah, absolutely. So the four keys to really preventing burnout and to increasing your productivity are clarity and alignment, stress management, energy management, and then time management. And so often when we think about productivity, we only think about the time management piece. How do I get more done in less time? But really where clarity and alignment comes in is you want to make sure that you're doing only the right things, not all of the things. Yes, It's supposed to be a blend. And that's where when we have more clarity on what we're actually working towards, not just like, oh, hey, I wanted to start a podcast, but hey, I really want to have this impact on my corner of the world. And that means that I need to be able to reach these people in this way and convince them that they need to make this change. When you have that grander clarity, then it's easier for you to know what to say yes to and what to say no to. Because when we just take on all these new things that we're drowning ourselves in hiding that purpose. And so one of my top tips for that, for the clarity and alignment piece is to say no to every new opportunity and give yourself five minutes to convince yourself it's a yes. And in those five minutes. I love that. I've never heard that before. I think that's fantastic because our, our actual um, reflex is to do the opposite. Yes, yes, yes. And then we think about, Oh my God, what have I done? Exactly. So you start (laughs) off with a no and then uh, there's like a series of questions you could ask yourself, but basically it just allows you to step back and objectively say, do I have the time, energy, mental white space and emotional bandwidth to do yep. this? Yep, yep. And that's actually a really good point. If I can jump in, if people are yeah. asking you for something, they might be on the phone, they might be face to face. How do you say no? Do you just say, can I come back to you on that? Yeah, absolutely. Why not? Why can we not say, hey, I need about 15 minutes or so to think on that and I'll get back to you. Okay. Makes sense. It's just different boundaries that we're not used to setting. And the thing is, it's a little bit uncomfortable the first time you do it because you're just like, oh, this other person's going to be like, no, I need a decision right now. But the first time you do it. You don't sound so enthusiastic about it. Why? Yeah. It's a great opportunity. Why not? Yeah. And so it's all in how you say it, right? Because if you're just like, "Mm, let me think about it. That's a different energy than, you know what? This sounds like a really awesome opportunity. I want to make sure that I'm going to show up fully for this. So I'm going to take 15 minutes to think about it and I'll get back to you. Love that. I love it. Okay, awesome. So clarity, so that's clarity and alignment. One of the biggest points is say no a few times before you say yes. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Make sure that you have the time, energy, emotional bandwidth and mental white space to make that happen. And it's in alignment with what you actually want. Yep, so important. I love it. So the next piece of that puzzle is stress management. And when we're in this stress response, when our chronic stress is turned on, which is how most of us are living our lives, if we're being honest, uh, we actually lose access to our higher level thinking brain, our prefrontal cortex. Because if you think about it, if you're running away from a bear, contemplating the meaning of life or solving that complex problem for your work not a priority. Getting away is getting to safety. So when our body is so focused in on safety, we're not able to really prioritize or be as effective or focus. And so one of the easiest ways that we can start to really manage our stress is to practice uh, a kind of pranayama. It's a yoga breathwork technique, and it's got a lot of research behind it that shows that breathing this way for five breaths can actually trigger the parasympathetic nervous system response. And that's the rest and digest side, the calm, relaxed, I can contemplate all the things kind of side of our brain. Love it. Love it. And 
So this breathing technique is actually really simple. I call it five, five, five breathing because you take five slow, deep breaths for five seconds on the inhale and five seconds on the exhale. And you can and do that doing, as many times as you like during the day. As, absolutely. And so I actually recommend you do it five times during the day just to keep yeah. with the theme. Five, five, um, five, five. Love it. Five, 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 five times a day. And so I know that that sounds like a lot, but if you do it when you first get up in the morning before each meal and then before you go to bed, that's five. And so by habit stacking it onto other things, it's really easy to keep that going. And then it regularly turns off that stress switch so that we don't have growing amounts of the stress hormones like the adrenalines and the cortisols to really contend with throughout perfect, the day. Perfect, perfect. Love that. Makes a lot of sense. And do you meditate as well as that just out of interest or is that enough for you, do you think? Uh, so I meditate as well, but not necessarily for stress. Mm -hmm. I do it more for clarity okay. because I find when we're so busy and we, our minds are going a zillion miles a minute thinking all of the things, if I don't give myself space to quiet, then I don't I'll know the right direction to go. Mm -hmm. I don't allow the muddy water to settle until I can make it be clear. And for me, meditation actually looks more like a walking meditation with my dog. Because okay. if I sit down to meditate, as soon as I close my eyes, my brain's just like, oh, but what of all of these things? Yeah. So by moving with my meditation, it really helps me to create that calm. Right. And so just to clarify, so are you listening to some kind of meditation app while you're walking or is the walking act your meditation? Uh, sometimes a little bit of both. Sometimes I do listen to my own meditations, even though it's kind of weird to hear my own voice okay, going on cool. in the background. Okay. Um, and I do record some specific ones for me, but generally it's just listening to the sounds around me. Gotcha. So it's just, it's just active mindfulness in a way while you're moving. Absolutely. It's just giving myself the permission to allow my mind to wander. Love that. Love that. Yeah. And I, I do the same. Like I, even when I run and that's not too meditative, but when I run, I don't listen to music. I just mm -hmm. rather have nothing up here so I can just be in the moment with wherever I am or when I walk, when, even when I drive a lot of the time, I don't listen to music because I don't want to have that extra distraction. Exactly. So many people feel like their best ideas come to them in the shower or yep. when they're driving yep, or maybe when they're running. And there's actually um, a really beautiful book written by Sakyong Nipham, and it's called Running with a Mind of Meditation. Ooh, and it talks about how to make your running more mindful. Very cool. I am not a runner. I ran a marathon to say that I did and I hated every single second of it and it will never do it again. But if you were a runner, Darren, I would highly recommend that book. It was All wonderful. Right. I'll check that out. Absolutely. Awesome. So clarity and alignment, stress management. What's next? Energy management. Uh -huh. And so energy management is both simple and not simple because we are complex beings. We cannot equate our energy to just one sphere. So there's actually four different energy spheres that we need to be aware of. Mm -hmm. The first is physical energy. And that's what we commonly equate our energy to be. Either we've got energy to get up and move or we are just completely dead on the couch. Yep. And that one is really easy to understand. The next one is emotional energy. And this is the one that I think most of us struggle to connect with because we're so good at pushing through. Yeah. You have a difficult experience. You're just like, Ugh, 
I don't have time for that right now. And you shove it down, but that really starts to drain our emotional energy. And so when we have difficult conversations, when we do uh, different kinds of storytelling or exchanging in different ways, when I do a podcast where I share more about my experience of becoming Avery, because my first name wasn't Avery when I grew up and what oh, really? changed to allow me to become Avery. Oh so when I do those kinds of stories, it really drains the emotional energy. Yeah, yeah. So then I have to know how to manage that. Love it. Another I'd kind love of to hear energy. more about that one oh. day, but I don't want to drain your oh. emotional energy for this podcast. So we'll leave oh, that I have emotional day. energy to spare today because <laughs> I didn't know where we were going to take it. So if you want to ask, you go for it. Open book. <laughs> <laughs> love it. So the next kind of energy, the next energy sphere is mental energy. Mm -hmm. And it really comes into our ability to make good decisions. So the science about decision fatigue is a little bit wishy-washy. It's kind of here and there on it. But I I just find it really interesting because I know that I can really experience mental fatigue. My body won't be tired. I will still have emotional energy. But if you ask me to decide what I want to eat right now, I'll be like, I don't know. Yeah, I can I, definitely I second that. Sometimes I'm just that tired. I can do everything else, but making decisions is harder. Or thinking, mm-hmm. calculating something is just, oh, my brain's just tired. I can't do it. Whereas when I'm fresh, I can do it in two seconds. Absolutely. And so that's where understanding mental energy and what both drains and restores your mental energy can really help when that part of you is out of balance. Gotcha. And then the last energy sphere is the metaphysical energy. Oh, and so spiritual, great. Uh, a little bit. And so I am, I'm not a spiritual person. I'm a very philosophical person, yep. but I see it as our connection to our bigger purpose. So when we do things that are really in alignment with our bigger goals, because Darren, you didn't start a podcast just to chat with people. You wanted to make a difference. Yeah. You wanted to create the space for helpful information yep, to get it into the hands of the right people. Absolutely. So doing these podcasts, even though it might drain a little bit of your mental energy, maybe some physical energy and some of your emotional energy, it's going to boost your metaphysical energy because you know that you're connecting to that purpose. Okay. That's very cool. We just have to look at all the different energy spheres and how they all relate for us because something that may drain somebody else's physical energy may restore mine. Mm. So it's really just sitting down and really thinking about these four different energy spheres and how that really shows up in your life. Because then when you recognize like, oh, I'm experiencing all this brain fog right now, I can't make a decision about what to have for dinner. You'll be able to look at your list of pre-done things to know what's going to boost your mental energy. Gotcha. And so one of the things I was kind of curious about is what are the easy ways for you to identify and analyze what level of energy you're at in those four spheres is that something that you just do with experience or is there have you got a little you know little tests or indicators for that so it's actually very simple it's a scale of one to ten okay and so what you want to do is just check in with your baseline in the morning and so i do this as one of my morning habits every day is i'll just rank on a scale of one to ten where i'm at on all these different energy spheres and then i'll know like okay so i'm low on physical energy today totally fine but here's what I can do to make sure that it doesn't drain any further and what I can do to restore it. Or maybe looking at my to-do list to say like, hey, all of these things need a lot of physical energy. So maybe I need to put that in on a different day. Okay, very cool. And so, and you can kind of plan your day accordingly. If you know you're low on physical energy, you might not go for a run or you might not go, run, you might not go and do whatever 
dig a hole. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you do. <laughs> but I mean, in even if you're in a corporate job where somebody else is assigning tasks to you, you can still look at these four different energy spheres and decide what you're going to do on each day, what you're going to communicate to somebody that needs to be done on a different day, what you need to delegate to somebody else or ask for help for, what needs to be done first while you're at the peak of this kind of energy before you get into other things. So there's still a lot of flexibility no matter which job you are in. Gotcha. And there's no priority in terms of which one's more important. They're all as important as each other. It's just about how you want to manage your day accordingly. Absolutely. I agree. Do one or two of them feed into any others? Do they kind of cross-pollinate in a way or are they very separate entities? No, I think a lot of them do cross over for people. And it's where you look at those lists of what drains in one space mm. and restores in another space, you might see some crossovers. So for example, doing podcast interviews like this drains mental and emotional energy for me and a little bit of physical energy as well. Yeah. But I also know that this, because it boosts my metaphysical energy, that it's still going to make me feel good when I'm done. So it just means after a podcast interview like this, I just go have a quick lie down and I listen to some quiet music and just snuggle my dog or my cat. And that really helps restore all of those things. So yeah, it's really just, just about balance. And I was just about to say, like, even though temporarily might drain a few of those things, because of the boost in spiritual energy, after a short period of recovery, all the other things kind of boost up as well it's kind of they they're interesting how they correlate exactly and awareness is always such an important part of these steps mm -hmm. and so because i'm aware that this is likely going to happen after i'm finished this podcast interview i've already planned to do this it's yes. in my to-do list planner so that way i'm just like yep and some snuggle time it's going to yeah, be exactly. perfect yeah you don't go and plan another meeting straight after a no. podcast you give yourself half an hour 45 minutes to recover Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Love it. Beautiful. And you're right. So self-awareness is so important. So we've got clarity and alignment, stress management, energy management. And what's the fourth one? Time management. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Oh, and yes. so this is one that's really tricky, especially for high achievers, because our eyeballs are busier or bigger than the possibility of us getting that done in the day. Yep. So we really set ourselves up for a lot of stress by giving ourselves too many things to do. Mm -hmm. And as I mentioned before, when we're experiencing that higher level of stress, we can't think as clearly because the stress response turns off our prefrontal cortex, our higher level thinking brain. So really with time management, realistic expectations is the way to go. Right. And so looking at your whole to-do list, putting down your wants to-dos versus your needs to-dos, is really important because there's a lot of things that are on our to-do list that are really just want to do. Yep. And so by creating that clarity can be really helpful there. But then what I recommend you do is set a really soft, realistic goal of what you think you want to accomplish today. And then adds in some stretch goals. Okay. Cause then if you just like just blow through your to-do list in the first hour and a half of the day, you're winning. You it's feel good. Bonus. There's tons of motivation. Yeah. And they're just like, yes, let's keep going. Rather than it's 20 minutes before you're supposed to end the day. And you're just like, I still have 90 things to do. Oh uh, yeah, exactly. Oh, it's not a good feeling. No, no. And do you have any particular methods or tips for managing your time? Do you do it in a particular way? Do you plan the day before? Do you plan that morning? Do you plan a week before? Do you use an app? Do you use your notebook? Just curious. Oh, so many things. <laughs> um, so I am 
a hybrid. I definitely came from the paper planner generation. So I uh, love me, my good paper planner. So I used that to really set the big goals Mm -hmm. out for the month. And then I also do quarterly goals for myself. And I do those in uh, both success and work and things like that, the things that we would see generally as what we would want to accomplish. I also set goals for my interactions with others and how I want to show up in those interactions and what I need to learn there. Mm -hmm. And then I also set personal goals for every quarter. And it takes me probably about 45 minutes to do all of them together. It's about 15 minutes per, so it's not terrible. And it's definitely worth it because then I have that clarity and alignment. So that way I know what to say yes to and what to say no to for that quarter. Very true, so true. And I suppose- Just on that, you know, by the same token, when instead of saying no and then yes, another great way might be when someone asks you to do something, just think to yourself, why, why, and keep asking why, why, why. And if the why, the fifth why is really strong, then you know, okay, it's a yes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, that's another really great strategy. And that's something that I do when I reflect on things, yeah. especially when it's things that I've decided I want to do. I'll frequently just check in every week Mm -hmm. to find out, is this still working towards my big picture goal? And if it's not, then I need to like either tweak it or maybe just dump it all together. And that's okay. And that's cool too. And that's really important. It's a really good point. You're allowed to change your mind. You're allowed to dump things. You're allowed to change course. You know, you don't have to do what you set out to do forever. There's no shame in changing your mind. A lot of people struggle with that. I agree. And I think that's just from a place of fear. We're just worried about one of three things. There's actually three core fears. And so one is fear of loss. And so we're worried that if we dump something that we're going to lose respect, lose people, lose momentum, lose whatever, whatever, lose self-respect as well. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. The next core fear is the fear of the process. So we're worried that if we let it go, how much work is it going to be to either move and try something new or hand it over to somebody else? Or like, what does the process look for that? What is that all going to be? How draining, and then, and how is that going to oh, drain off yeah. those four parts of energy as well to start something yes. new? Yes. Yep, absolutely. And then the last core fear is the fear of the outcome. Mm-hmm. So what if we don't dump it and it doesn't work? And then we're going to sabotage ourselves the whole way because we're working towards a goal that we don't think is going to be worth it. Or what if we dump it and then we realize that we actually really should have kept it. So the fear of the outcome can really hold us back there too. Yep. Gotcha. Love it. Fascinating. Wow. And how did you develop these four keys? Was that something that just happened naturally over time? Or did you go away for a, you know, enlightening weekend and just brainstorm these? Just curious. Yeah, so I think they happened over time working with people. And I started to realize the areas where people were just glossing over, mm-hmm. the places where people really weren't giving it the full attention that it deserved, and also where society tries to put the blinders on for us. Yeah. Because a lot of mindfulness and meditation, it's all taught for you just to accept things as they are, not look at the systems that maybe need to change a little bit. So I think a lot of what we're taught is really contributing to a lot of these keys being missed. And it's just obviously a big passion of mine to make sure that they're not missed for much longer. And I, I think this is, these are absolutely fundamental. And these are just, these are gold. 
if you wrote all these four down on a piece of paper and put it in front of you on your desk or somewhere where you see it every day, and while you were making your decisions, making your phone calls, doing what you do every day, had these in front of you, it would change your whole day. It would change the, the, your response to things. It would change your behavior, change the way you think. It would change your energy level. I think it's, these are su such a beautifully crafted snapshot of self-awareness in a way, or a framework for self-awareness. Absolutely. And they're actually the framework for a pre-work ritual that I recommend everybody does. So you start off by reading your clarity statement, connecting to that purpose to make sure that you're really you know, motivated to work towards whatever you're working towards. You practice those five, five, five breathing. So you take those five slow, deep breaths for five seconds on the inhale, five seconds on the exhale. Then you ask yourself, which energy sphere is the lowest right now? And do I need to do something quickly before I get started? And then do that if you need to. And then you go into the last piece, time management. What is the most important thing for me to get done in this productive sprint ahead of me? And what is my stretch goal going to be if I have extra time? And so by doing those little quick thing, that quick check-in, which is probably going to take you about 90 seconds, you'll be really setting yourself up for a really strong work session. I love that. And just as we were speaking about time management, I just want to throw one quick question at you. What's your philosophy around delegation? Oh, I love it. It's my favorite thing. Okay. <laughs> because I think it really helps it. me teach better mm -hmm. because then I can see how to explain something in different ways, depending on who I'm working with. And I also really believe that we are here as leaders to see the potential in other people and help them realize that themselves. So with delegation, you absolutely create that in other people. In all of the work that I've done in the ICUs that I've worked in, I often find myself in that mentorship role because it's just such a beautiful honor i really feel so with delegation absolutely it slows you down to begin with yep. but when you can see it from the perspective of being an honor to really help somebody else realize their potential it's fine and it kind of ties into your um metaphysical energy as well absolutely very yep. you're actually giving something back to the world mm -hmm. so true I love that. I love that, Avery. So let's chat a bit more about what you do and how you work, because I'd love people to really understand how they can work with you and, you know, what kind of um, services you offer. Oh, well, thank you, Darren. That's really kind. Pleasure. So I start people off with the flow state membership, because before we're ready to really attack those habits, we have to lower our stress response. We have to work on widening our window of tolerance and resilience. So that way we can really start to create some of those changes without sabotaging ourselves left, right, and center, because our body likes to keep everything the same. And when we start to do new things, it comes up with all kinds of ways to go back to the way things were. So we need to be able to control that first. So that's what we really do in that membership space is really working on those kind of subtle habits and a lot of the stress management kind of thing. And then after that, people can work in a group program with me where we dive into more of the uh, inner stress and inner management where we look at your thought patterns and the habits that you have and the ones that are serving versus sabotaging, the ones that were given to you by somebody else versus the ones that you actually want to have and really set those big goals and work towards those pieces. And then people can also work with me one-on-one. -on -one. I do lots of accountability sessions, both in conjunction with group programs and memberships or even just on our own. Okay. So pretty much open to create any 
service that will work for somebody, whether it's a group, a workshop, an online, a face-to-face, -face, you know, part of your group, just anything that, you know, you can craft anything that works. Yeah. So there's a couple of different ways to make it work because everybody needs a different level of support. Yep. So depending on the level of your support that you need, I do have a package for that. Oh, lovely. And now you've got your own podcast as well. I sure tell do. Us, tell us more about that. Yeah. So it's called Inner Stillness, Outer Chaos. So it's all about <laughs> really figuring out how to find the calm amidst the storm. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of us, when we're in these deep struggles, we feel like we're the only one. We don't know how to ask for help or who to reach out to because we keep getting taught over the courses of our lives that we're weak if we ask for help. And so on this podcast, I bring on guests and also share my own experiences and stories of really just resilience, overcoming struggle and learning how to move in flow rather than resisting everything all the time. Love it. And how often do you do you put out a show? Uh, every week. Every week. Love it. Well, I'm yes. going to definitely subscribe. I want to check them out. I can't wait. Sounds great. And yes, maybe we should have you on there, Darren. Oh, that would be a, an honor. I would love to. Avery. Wonderful. I, I'd also got to ask you, since you brought it up earlier, what was it that changed your name? Oh, yes, absolutely. So I grew up as Heather. I was born Heather. I lived... 37 years of my life as Heather. Yep. And it was Christmas morning. I was coming off of a 12 hour night shift on a really busy pediatric ICU. Wow. And the charge nurse looked me in the eye and she was like, Oh no, Heather, you do not look well. Go home. I'll mark you down a sick tonight. Feel better. Okay. And then I went home and I slept for 20 hours and I slept <sighs> for 20 hours the next day. Huh. And the day after that, yeah. And then I went to the doctor just to say like, what's going on? Went from working more than full-time 12 hour shift work to like not being able to function. And she saw a huge mass on my thyroid oh, no. and we did a bunch of blood work and there was like all kinds of things that showed up at once. I had the mass on my thyroid and half my thyroid removed and it didn't take all the symptoms away. And so eventually I got diagnosed with a chronic illness and a physical disability that really was very, very challenging for me, mm. especially when the pandemic came up, because when, you know, the ICUs were getting busier, I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't know who I am in this because in all other cases, you know, SARS, H1N1, I was in the ICU and I was having terrible dreams of my colleagues saying, where are you, Heather? Like, we need your help. Why aren't you here? Yeah. And I've kept trying for 18 months to really reconcile the fact that I was very different than I was before. And that there was a lot of things that I used to be able to do, like work in a hospital, like walk for longer than 15 minutes without needing a break, like all of these things. And I realized that I was never going to be able to find the middle ground that I had to start fresh. And so then I decided to change my first name to Avery. And the day that I decided to do that, the dream stopped, the anxiety stopped, wow. and I really felt at home in my body again. And so that's when I knew it was the right decision. Isn't that incredible? Wow. And why the, why the name Avery? How did that, why did you have an affiliation with that name? I love the so, name. It's a great name. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I'm kind of a fan. Uh, I just looked on baby name blogs and just literally <laughs> scrolled for hours, Darren, hours. And it was the only name that jumped out at me. Amazing. It was like rang a little bell in my brain. And I was like, yep, I guess that's it. Love it. Love it. Well, you've obviously done a lot of work on yourself 
from a spiritual point of view and an emotional point of view and a self-awareness point of view to, you know, um, craft who you are today. And congratulations for that. You've done an incredible job. And oh, I just love you. the way that you've broken down um, these four elements, these four keys, which are so important for all our lives, whether you're a busy working person, you're a busy home person, you know, I think this is so important in this day and age, in this modern day and age of chaos and fast paced everything. Um, it's so important to keep an eye on these four things. And I certainly am going to have them written on my screen as well. I think they're just oh, really great. great, you know, compass for how to spend your day and how to live your life. Yeah, beautifully said. I so, think it's well the compass mentality is such a beautiful vision of that. Yeah, I love it. Well, Avery, I really appreciate you coming on the show. How do we find you? How do we how do we find you if we need you? So you can find me on my website, which is becomingavery.com. And then you can also find me on social media. All handles are becoming Avery. Ah, beautiful. And I'm sure that people can link to all your handles from your website as well. Absolutely. And your podcast as well, yeah? Yes, the podcast is on the website. Both podcasts actually are on the website. So you've got two podcasts. I do. I forgot to mention, I also have a oh daily podcast. Wow, a daily podcast. <laughs> yes, it's a little 60-second pep talk that you can listen to while you brush your teeth to start your oh day strong. Oh, my God. I'm going to have to sign up to that one as well. There you go. Well done, Avery. <laughs> you're, you're a busy girl. I am, and I'm not. I yeah. definitely uh, have said no to the right amount of things. Yeah, yeah. I think you've it certainly sounds like you've done a lot of work to to identify what you're going to say yes to and what you're going to say no to. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's a really important point. But um, really appreciate you coming on the show. That was a lovely conversation. So enlightening, so much value. And I think those four pillars are so important. And I think I urge everybody to check out Avery's podcasts, plural. And, <laughs> um, check out her website. Get in touch with her if you want to do some more work, because I think she'd be fantastic to work with. And uh, I'm certainly going to sign up as well. And um, anything you want to leave us with before we finish up? I think the most important thing which you can remember is that you get to define who you are from this moment forward. So really, I always say this, like, I'm not a special snowflake. I have been through a lot of trauma, but all of us, and I know that doesn't always make sense depending on where you are in the world and if you don't get snow, but really I'm not special in that Everybody has been through some degree of struggle and trauma. And so it's not about the comparison. It's about what you do from here. Love so it. take this moment as your own and decide what your next step is going to be. I love it. Love it. Absolutely love it. Brilliant. Well, Avery, thank you again. That was so enlightening. I hope everybody enjoyed that as much as I did. I'm going to put all the links and all the information in the show notes for everybody so you can find Avery and um, definitely check out all her, her podcasts and her work. But we'll see you very, very soon for another episode of Playing With Perspective, the Suspended Animation Podcast. Bye for now. Thanks again, Avery. Thank you, Darren. Thanks again for joining me for another episode of Playing With Perspective, the Suspended Animation Podcast. If you would like to join me as a guest on the show, I would be delighted to collaborate. Feel free to buzz me on 0414-659-800 or email me on darren at suspendedanimation.com.au. I'm always on the lookout for great guests who can share their stories and expertise with my community. Also, if you have been thinking about putting your own podcast together and not sure where to begin, look no further. I run a really simple three-part podcasting course, one-on-one -on -one with me, 
where I walk you through the entire podcasting journey. You will end up with a fantastic new podcast to start sharing right away. Feel free to get in touch to discuss further. But for now though, have a fantastic day and I'll see you next time.